0: All right, we're finally going to talk some ball today. Got, uh, got the end of the Baltimore Orioles series in Baltimore. Tigers do take the series, drop the final game on Wednesday night. However, we're going to talk about it. We're finally going to talk some baseball. We have the Scott Harris stuff going on. And, uh, yeah, we haven't really had time, I guess, to talk about the games that are going on on the field. But we finally do. So we're going to recap the entire series in Baltimore today on Locked on Tigers. You are locked on Tigers. Your daily Detroit Tigers podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team, every day. What is up, everybody? Welcome back to another edition of Locked On Tigers. I'm, of course, your host, Scott Bentley. Today is... Thursday, September 22nd, 2022. Thank you for making Lockdown Tigers your first listen every single day. We're free and available wherever you get your podcast, including YouTube. Okay, so uh, as I said in the cold open, we have not had an opportunity to really talk ball lately. Haven't been able to talk about the, the games that have been going on on the field. And there's been some decent games, some decent performances by some players. So we are going to finally talk about some baseball Uh, We do have some storylines to watch as the season winds down. We talk about them all the time, but, you know, players are auditioning now for a new, like, head of, (laughs) a new dude running the show, right? A new new president of ops there at, at the top. So not only was there already just incentive of, like, hey, this is a lost season. You're playing for a job next year. You're playing for a new boss now. You can't even be like, oh, like, I think the front office likes me cuz they always have and so like maybe I feel a little comfortable. Nah, you've never met this dude. You don't know this dude unless you're Javi, I guess. And 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 you got you got no idea what he thinks of you. So you got to you know what I mean? So that's that's a whole different kind of I don't know. Just light of fire under some of these players. I I would imagine so at least. That's got to be some motivation. That's the word. I don't know why I couldn't think of the word motivation, but that's that's gotta be a little bit motivating to look back and be like all right new dude in charge new head honcho we gotta we gotta go to work so Tigers do take the series in Baltimore that weird left field man that's so dumb that's that's so stupid like I I I, I cannot express how and like the principle of just moving the fences back is not dumb but the shape in which they did it is like one of the dumbest things I've ever seen. There's no, it's not like gradual. They didn't just do like a gradual, you know, like, Oh, we're just going to, going to make the, the angle and make the curvature deeper like that. No, it just, it's fine. And then it just goes 180 degrees, just straight back. And then it's deep for like a rectangle. And then in left center field, it just juts straight back into how, where it was. It's so dumb. It looks so stupid. I I I mean, it's like 900 feet to left field now. I mean, we complain about dead center. Imagine pulling a baseball. Imagine crushing and pulling a baseball 390 feet and flying out to left field. That's preposterous. We don't have to deal with that nonsense. So, uh, I I just I think it's so dumb. I, I think it's so dumb, and it's so unnatural. And like I said, the shape is stupid. I can't, I think it's a total fumble and I honestly I don't expect it to be like a long-term thing to be completely honest with you um okay so now that I'm done just ranting about ballpark dimensions even though I said I wasn't too passionate about our own um let's talk about this series there is quite a lot to go over we're gonna I think I'm gonna go game by game just because I want to give you know, like if we didn't have something to talk about, we would have done the game by game. So instead of doing like a weekend recap that we do sometimes where we go, you know, like, oh, the offense as a whole, the defense as a whole, I think. And, and these are three very different games as well. So I think they kind of justify each of their own time to talk about. So let's start with Monday's game. Tigers dominate this one. This is a, a, a throttling uh, 11 to nothing win over the Baltimore Orioles. Uh yeah, I, I mean, look, this is one of those games that it's it's like really reassuring to know that these can actually happen. And it doesn't change anything. It doesn't change the fact that the season is where it's at. It doesn't change the fact that this is one of the worst offenses I've ever laid my eyes on. Like, it's at least nice to know, hey, it's still possible to win 11 to nothing against a team that's actually in the playoff hunt. That's another cool story about Baltimore, man. It's just like... That's a that's a team that's been at the bottom of the barrel, not just like rebuilding and like, oh, we've been bad for a while. They have been terrible for years and finally break out of that. And I don't think they're going to make the postseason. But, uh, you know, it's still it's a huge step in the right direction and they can have a solid offseason and next year, hopefully uh, not do what the Tigers did and take one step forward and two steps back and actually build upon this season and and, and such there you know everybody's calling them well was i guess when they were closer to the playoffs calling them America's team dropping 2 of 3 to the 2022 Detroit Tigers when you're in the midst of a playoff race not the not 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 the best strategy in the world I'll say but still very fun organization fun times over there fun team to watch I love Adley Rushman. everybody knows my my epiphany with catchers. I, I love catchers so, so much. And so to see the number one prospect in baseball was a catcher right when he was still prospect eligible and then to see him come up, I try and watch as much Adley Rutschman as I possibly can. He is a an absolute treat behind the dish defensively and at the plate. So a lot of, lot of fun stuff going over on over there in, uh, in B-More. Okay, so I don't... There's not really too much to talk about because it's it's clearly the anomaly. So I'm not going to be like, oh, my goodness. Like, you know, all these – like, Tucker Barnhart had three hits. I'm not going to be like, oh, my – well, maybe let's keep him around this offseason now. Like, no, th- this is clearly the exception. It was nice to see. It's fun, but I don't think there's too much analysis. You can't take too much analysis out of the outliers uh, one way or the other, Right? There's not too much analysis when the worst offense ever scores 11 runs. Just at well, I would say just like there's not too much analysis when you get like shut out. But actually, there is this year for the Tigers because they've been shut out 21 times. I guess maybe like a no hitter, like something super dramatic. The other way, right? Like you're like okay, like that. You know, we're not going to get no hit every night, even though this team stinks. You know, you know what I'm saying. So the, the the anomalies are hard to analyze, but, um, I mean, for whatever it's worth, Riley Green looked really solid at the plate. Miguel Cabrera, a couple of hits in his first game back. Kerry Carpenter with a hit as well. A lot of hard-hit baseballs, which is a good sign. Akil Badu had a really solid series as a whole. Uh, we'll get to him in game two. But in the first game here, Spencer Torkelson going three for four with a walk. I think that's huge. And I continue to be impressed with his at-bats. I said I think he was on Monday's show. I was like, hey, this weekend he kind of took a step back in my eyes. Not a dramatic one, but uh, I don't think he looked as good as the plate over the weekend as he had the week before that. I'm just throwing a ton of dates at you. I'm sorry. but uh, But now – In Baltimore, I thought he looked really solid at the plate pretty much the entire series. And there's still some stuff to work on. And and the same problems that have persisted still do. However, I I thought that this was another step in the right direction. And and we're going places here. So three hit game, three runs scored as well on Monday. But the big story on Monday was obviously the pitching. Uh, Will Vest pitched. He was fine. Jose Cisnero, a very Jose or appearance in 2022. Two walks, two strikeouts, no runs. The biggest story, obviously, is Tyler Alexander, though. Carries a no-hitter, what, into the sixth inning? Or was it through? Was it through the sixth? And it was a barrel-missing clinic. Now, it wasn't a crazy... That's really all it was. It was just barrel-missing. He he had five whiffs in the entire outing. Uh, He only had 14 called strikes on 87 pitches. His CSW percentage was 22%. There are very few players in today's age of baseball that can consistently get this few of whiffs, this few of called strikes, and put together like a lot of good performances in a row. So while this was a great performance, it was fun to watch. He he really did put on a clinic when it came to missing barrels. The cutter, I thought, was a fantastic pitch. I think it's probably the best his cutter has been located all season. I was blown away by it. The changeup was really good. Uh, The four-seam fastball he used really effectively as a setup pitch to that other like cutter and changeup, kind of like Erod does. Average exit velocity was sub-85. He wasn't getting hit hard at all. It was a fantastic performance. But the odds of sustaining that – when you, you are doing pitch-to-contact so much, there are very few players in the game these days uh, that that are able to pull that off. So uh, we'll see what the future of Tyler Alexander holds this offseason will be super. He'll be somebody to keep an eye on for, I mean, honestly, all these dudes are, but he, he's definitely someone to keep an eye on uh, as not only will he be back, because I, I would imagine that he'll be on the team next year. It's just a matter of his role. I At this point, I have a really hard time believing that anybody is going to pencil him in as like a rotation starter on this team. But I I think that long relief and then if somebody gets hurt, he steps up kind of role is is really suited for him. So that is what I presume as of right now. But nonetheless, all of that aside, fantastic, fantastic, fantastic outing on Monday, seven innings, two hits, no earned runs, two walks and four strikeouts. His ERA is four, nine, one. He has not been very effective his last few outings before this one, but, obviously in this one was great. Uh, okay. I think that's really all I got. Like I said, it's really hard to break down. Like this is so uncommon and like clearly was not going to be sustained. I mean, we've seen the next two games, the offense was not nearly as good. And and on Wednesday was pretty bad. So um, like, it's, it's really hard for me to just get super in depth on, on certain at bats. Like they hit everything. They hit literally everything. And some of it was hard. Some of it was soft. Like they, They they really showed up. The offense was great on Monday, but I, I, you know, hard to hard to break down anything more than that. Let's go to game two Uh, right after I tell y'all about our friends over at NuGenics. If you feel like you can't get into shape, it's not your fault. As men age, our body naturally loses free testosterone, the quote unquote man hormone. It happens in every man and can take it, it can make it more difficult to stay in shape and be energetic and active. So if you want more energy to counter the negative physical effects of aging, NuGenix Total T Testosterone Booster with Testofen will help you turn back the clock. There's a lot of T's there. Re-energize your workouts, get you better results at the gym, and help you look and feel like the man you really want to be. NuGenix Total T complains, complains, contains man-boosting key ingredients like Like I said, like testosterone, it has been validated in five clinical studies shown to boost free testosterone levels in men. While every product professes quality, many other products use generic ingredients and are often far less than clinical grade. With Nugenics Total T, you can get the same clinical potency levels used in trials. And Nugenics formulation is backed by 10 years of science and research. Nugenics Total T is the number one selling testosterone booster at GNC. So now get a complimentary bottle of Nugenics Total Tea when you text MLB to 231231. Text now and get a bottle of Nugenics Thermo, their most powerful fat incinerator ever with key ingredients to help you get back into shape fast. Absolutely free. You can text MLB to 231231. That's MLB to 231231. All right, everybody. Welcome back here. Segment two of Lockdown Tigers. Thank you for making us your first listen every day. Free and available wherever you get your podcasts, including YouTube. Let's take a look at game number two. I don't know why that took me a long time to like think about what I wanted to say there. Yeah, let's take a look at game number two. This was a really close game. It's a pretty fun baseball game to watch. Tigers took it three to two in Baltimore and... Where do we want to start here? I think I want to start with Joey Wentz. Joey goes five and two-thirds, two hits, no earned runs, two walks, and four strikeouts. I thought this was a really, really solid performance by Joey Wentz. In his last couple, I have been more, not necessarily blown away in the sense of like my my expectations for him change or, or where I think he's at developmentally has, has changed. But I do think that he has looked significantly more comfortable on the mound in the last couple of outings that he's had. And, and the biggest reason I say that is because of – there's been some FU fastballs in there. There have, th- th- He's had some fastballs where he just goes, you know what, two-strike count. I'm just letting this thing fly up and in, top of the zone. Go catch it. And, and it's not like he throws – unbelievable gas the fastest pitch he threw in the entire outing was 94.3 miles an hour and his average fastball velocity uh, on the season is 92.7 so it's not like uh, you know he, he's he's throwing when Chapman was a starter for whatever reason in Cincinnati right like it's not like he's, he's doing anything like that but he really I, I think that's a sign of comfortability I think that's a sign of really getting his feel on the mound getting in a groove and I, I really was very impressed and the command of the forcing fastball really dictated this entire outing. Forcing fastball command check. It was the biggest reason for his success. I thought it's why he looked as good as he did. And yeah, I mean, you know, uh, it could be more efficient. I, I think that that's probably the next step in his development is, well, we, we've talked about it a lot. I, I really do think that he needs a go-to swing and miss pitch and then just needs to get better with Swings and misses in 86 pitches in this outing. He had nine whiffs. So I, I think that there's still room to, to grow as far as that goes. But the biggest thing, honestly, is just efficiency. You know, trying to nibble a little bit too much. You don't need to be nibbling there. You know, again, you you got that fastball. Fire that thing in there, man. Fire that in there. That you You got it. And again, I think he's been a little more comfortable, and and he's shown signs, and he has, really, just done that, and and just thrown, not been afraid to throw the heat, which I, I again I think is a really good sign. The cutter I thought was pretty effective. The changeup was good. Didn't really throw the curveball. What three times? Yeah, two three times in the outing. But they they really did not barrel him up very often at all. I, I think only a couple on the outing, and the average exit velocity was in the mid 80s. So. Really solid and got a lot of ground balls. I, I really liked it. Just getting more swings and misses and being more efficient. That that's where we're going from here. Cause there was a lot of deep going deep into counts. And again, you know, 86, 86 pitches in five and two thirds innings in a perfect world. You're doing a little bit more with that. But I thought he was good. I think this was a good kind of building block start that uh that that he can used to his advantage. That's not even what I'm trying to say. That he can build off of. That's what I'm trying to say. Uh Alex Lang gets one out, one walk in this one. Uh the one out was a strikeout. Very Alex Lang performance. Faced two batters, walked one of them, struck one of them out. That sounds about right. Uh I, I still think he's looked really good in the last like five days as opposed to like the month before five days ago. So stay stays looking pretty solid in my book. Joe Jimenez uh struggled in this one and you know, Joe Jimenez, they talked about it on the broadcast. Um, Joe Jimenez and Javi Baez, both specifically going through, going through quite a lot, going through quite a lot. And and so I'm, I, look, man, this is a, this is a lost season for this team. This is a, a team that is not winning and not going to continue winning. And it's. Two weeks left in the season. Wins and losses at this point barely matter. And he's a competitor. He's gonna go out there and try his best. But when you got stuff like that going on back back at home, right? The the hurricane um going through Puerto Rico there. That's you know, they talked about it on the broadcast and just talked about, you know, they, they they would talk to Joe and they could see it and he was kind of carrying this weight around, it looked like and that that's gotta to be tough. So I'm I'm really not taken to joe jimenez has been a fantastic reliever out of this bullpen this year he's one of the few bright spots of this season with not a lot of bright spots not really taking too much into account uh if he struggles here the last couple of weeks of the season with what he's got you know going on in in his head here uh him and, and javi is is sending hot meals over there and and is feeding people that have been affected by it so yeah Important to remember the uh the human being that all these dudes are. And they're not just ball players, they're they're people too. And they got, yeah, stuff, a lot of stuff going on at home. So not really gonna look too much into him struggling. It, it was just yeah, not not again, they were talking about it on the broadcast right as he was like giving up runs and stuff. I don't know, it was weird, but um, so yeah, we got the win anyway. Not, not a big deal, and and I hope more than anything that uh, certainly with how poor this season has been too, just that is something that he can he should be focusing on that and, and should not be trying to force himself to do anything he doesn't want to do out on the baseball field. So hopefully uh, everything is, is okay there. Andrew Chafin also pitched in this one. One and a third, one hit, no earned runs, two walks, and a strikeout. Uh, I, I gonna I'm gonna keep chalking it up to fatigue just because we've used him a ton, but he has certainly struggled in his la- the last couple of weeks. He has not been very effective and, and has given up a lot of hard contact, walking batters when he usually doesn't. Didn't, didn't give up uh, you know, no no runs docked against him, but uh I mean, just been not the same Andrew Chaffin that we have seen this season for a majority this year so uh, and then Gregory Soto at the end really clean efficient inning of course because he's he's so unpredictable (laughs) he's so unpredictable man Gregory Soto what a guy okay uh let's get into the final game in this one and then yeah let's just get into it it's really was not a close game at all but this game was close and fun This was a good, solid ball game, I thought. The second game in the series, the 3-2 to victory. That was was actually a fun ball game to watch, really back and forth. Some really good at-bats by both sides, I thought. Uh, Oh, we didn't even talk about the offense in this game. Goodness. Uh, Yeah, there there was a lot less for sure. Kerry Carpenter been crushing the ball lately. We'll talk about that again when we talk about game three. But Kerry Carpenter's looked really, really solid. Uh, Harold Castro with a hit in this one as well. And I think that's... It, oh, well, yeah, I'm trying to, (laughs) I mean, like, look, the the biggest thing in this one was outside of, again, Kerry Carpenter looking really good, driving the ball really hard. Spencer Torkelson with a knock. I thought that the no patience, zero patience, they drew zero walks in this one, solid, just not a very effective and, and aggressive approach at the plate. We talk all the time, patiently aggressive. Right. And it seems like everybody on this team just kind of decides as they're walking up to the batter's box. Well, I'm either going to swing at everything, or I'm going to take pitches until there's two strikes. There's like no in between. It's like, those are the only two game plans for like 80% of this lineup on a night in a night out basis. It's Am I, I'm going to wait till, till this is a 2-2 count and I have to take a you know protective hack and, and just pray for a walk or I'm just literally going to go up there and, and be a, super aggressive and swing at anything. No game plan, no setting anything up. And yeah, I thought we were fortunate to really even score three runs to, to be completely honest with you. Um, but it made the last few innings pretty exciting. Like I said, seventh inning on was pretty – the whole game really. Close, good ball game to watch. Okay, now let's get into the 8-1 to loss to the Orioles in the final game of this series that happened on Wednesday night here. We'll do that right after this. All right, everybody. Welcome back here. Third and final segment of Locked on Tigers. So in this one, this was not a close game. That's what this was. This was really just not a close game whatsoever. And that's really all you need to know about it. We're gonna talk about it, but like it was eight to one. The offense did not come to play at all, and the pitching was not good. We got a complete game thrown against us. That's always super fun. Not good. Not good. And look, this is a. a re- I thought we were going to get shut out again. So thank goodness for Kerry Carpenter. But th- this has been a reoccurring theme all year. This isn't new to anybody. This this is not news. And yeah, again, I'm just really thankful Kerry Carpenter got a hold of a ball late there because I was uh, I was actually pretty worried that we we were going to get shut out there. But yeah, Jordan Lyles. I mean, yeah, he he looked great. He threw a lot of lot of sinkers that the Tigers could not elevate. They were hitting them hard, but couldn't elevate it. Uh, the slider was a really effective pitch for him. The four-seam fastball, he was locating really well, which set up everything else. Uh, I mean, yeah, that's just a tip of your cap. You know what? The, this offense is not very good. You had a great night. This is what happens when, when that those situations happen. So let's talk about offense first, because that's pretty quick. Everybody did not look good. <laughs> or nobody looked good, I guess would be the better way of wording that. Except Kerry Carpenter. Whose OPS on the season is now eight sixty eight. He has six homers in what, like all, all, around a hundred plate appearances since getting called up. He's been called up for like a month and, and has six homers. It's it's cool. It's cool to see, and I, he's definitely by my approximation, he'll he'll I mean he'll certainly be on the forty man next year. But I mean this is where we start having a conversation of of where does he start the season next year and we'll we'll see how he does this last what we've got 2 weeks left. We'll see how he looks for the remainder of the season but um it, it's been really refreshing cuz especially the one he drove was a nasty pitch. I think it was the sinker. Um I mean nasty pitch, a lot of movement. It just was right down the middle and he took advantage. You know, goodness. I would like to see a, a few more people take advantage of pitches right down the middle, but okay, <laughs> whatever. So good to see at least. And then the only other person to even get a hit in this game besides Carrie Carpenter was Harold Castro. Uh, fi- ends a huge over skid. Uh, Harold Castro hadn't gotten a hit in like since the Obama administration. It had been a really really long time. I think it was. 21 straight plate appearances without a hit or something like that. It, it had been, it had been a while. So good to see him get off, uh, get, get back on it there and get a hit. And then, yeah, everybody else was pretty in effect. I mean, literally no one else got a hit and we didn't have any walks in this one either. So like, cool. <laughs> just really bad at bats. And, and again, the biggest thing really with this one is just an inability to elevate the baseball. I, I mean, that the, the, they weren't, they were hitting the ball decently hard at times, and especially, again, like that sinker, which is such an effective pitch for Lyles. They were hitting the ball hard. It was just consistently uh, spiked into the ground and, and was uh, made playable. This was also kind of a game for a little bit there, and then the defense just absolutely failed them. The, the thing that's – I mean, there's so many things wrong with this team, there's so many things they do poorly, and i i feel I almost feel like I don't highlight enough just how bad of a defense this is it's bad this is not good, <laughs> but two things a the offense has been worse objectively this is this is we talk about it all the time one of the worst offenses of like the modern era of baseball and so it's hard to not highlight the offense a little bit more. And the pitching, there's been some good news there, so we want to highlight that. The defense has also, be here, is that it's been bad for, like, ever. There, are, I don't remember too many Tiger teams that had very good defenses, to be completely honest with you. And certainly, different eras, different strategies, whatnot, sure. But, like... That's never really been anything that we've been... Even when we were really good. Like, I don't want to make it sound like we had... Like, Austin Jackson's one of the best defensive outfielders in the history of the Detroit Tigers. I'm not saying we didn't have anyone. But team defense has never really been a strong suit of this team. And so, I... It's just not something that I talk about every single show because I'm just like, yeah, the Tigers defense stinks. It stunk for a while. And when we were good, it didn't matter because we scored eight runs a game. So, like, who cared? And we had, you know, five Cy Young winners in our rotation at one point. but. In the rebuild, it got worse, and it was one of the worst defenses of recent memory. And then now it's just at a point where it's just perpetually bad. And that's been really highlighted by, like, Willie Castro is somebody that everybody points to because he really is – you can't hide him anywhere. He really is a liability defensively just, like, everywhere on the diamond. Um, And that's unfortunate. I I mean, he seems like a cool guy. He's really worked really hard on his swing. He's gone on some hot streaks. There were some stretches this year where – he was the only person that could literally put the ball in play. So, like you know, not not a useless baseball player, but my goodness, man, it's it's, and it's not like I said, it's not just him; it's the whole team. But I there was a play that that very much should have been a double play in this one, and and I know that like Harold Castro was at second, and and he Harold's a whole different thing. Is like Harold, I I didn't bring up. Willie just because of like this game that was just like a as a whole in his professional career Harold can play like seven different positions but he doesn't actually play any of them like well like it's great to be versatile and it definitely raises your value but he's not like a plus defender anywhere he can just he can play them he's a below average defender at, at like I said six I guess I'd say six different positions he's below average I don't really know how, at what point does that stop becoming valuable and it's just like, what are we doing? <laughs> I don't know. We got a lot of questions to answer in the offseason. And, yeah, I think the both Castros will probably be a hot topic of conversation this offseason. I'm really pumped for it. I'm really pumped for it. The the, the overhaul, if that's what it leads to, whatever, I'm, I'm looking forward to it. Okay, we still have Matt Manning to talk about. I don't think there's too much to actually discuss with Matt Manning because this is pretty simple. Uh, He had zero fastball command. And this is what happens when you have zero fastball command, especially when you're throwing almost 60% of your pitches are the four-seam fastball because, again, he he went back to – we've talked about it a lot. His last few starts, he's kind of gone back to the, you know, right after I get called up version of Matt Manning and where it's just fastball slider and that's really it with not too many – other pitch types outside of that. And the fastball command was really bad in this one. And he got rocked. The ball got put in play 12 times off his four-seam fastball. The average exit velocity was 96. That's, that's launch angle's not included in that, but that is basically averaging getting barreled up. That's really not good. The slider was put in play three times. Average exit velocity on that was just under 99 like he just didn't have command he got absolutely rocked uh the average exit velocity for his outing was 97 and a half miles an hour that's 102 pitches thrown 17 of them were put in play 13 were foul balls average exit velocity of 97 and a half miles an hour that's what happens when you don't have fastball command that's what a lot of his outings lately has have come down to the really good ones he has good command the really bad ones he doesn't and the average velocity in this one was down over a mile an hour, pretty much across the board. We talk about how frustrating that is with Manning. That that's something that has been a, been a reoccurring theme with him too. Is we have zero consistency with his fastball velocity, zero. And this one was every pitch, every pitch across the board was way slower than it has been, and that just happens with Matt Manning sometimes, and no one knows why because he's not hurt, and it just happens, and you're like, okay. <laughs> And then he'll go out in his next time and his average fastball velocity will be 94 and miles an hour. And we'll be like, okay, goodness gracious. Can we get this all the time? Oh. Jekyll and Hyde, man. Okay. I think that's all I got for you. Thanks for making Lockdown Tigers your first listen every single day. And I'll make your second listen the Lockdown MLB podcast. I expert. Paul Francis Sullivan brings humor, passion, and his unique perspective on every team and the biggest stories. From around the league, follow the number one daily league-wide podcast, Lockdown MLB, on the Odyssey app, YouTube, or wherever you get your podcast. So I got for you. Um, we'll be back tomorrow. No ball game tomorrow. So we got to figure out what we're going to talk about. Maybe look ahead at of the offseason again. We've done that the last few off days. Uh, We got some, There's just been some articles written about Scott Harris and like the direction he can head and all that. So we, we got, we'll, we'll, we'll find something cool to talk about there in the off day. Um, Yeah. A couple of weeks left, a couple of weeks left and then off season begins. Um, yeah. Peace and love going to therapy's dope. I'll catch y'all tomorrow, baby. Go Tigers.